Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Dirt Radio and I'm your host this morning, Emma Watson. We're broadcasting on the 855am frequency from NAM in the Kulin Nations, also known as Melbourne, Victoria. And we're streaming live at 3cr.org.au. This show is sponsored by Friends of the Earth, otherwise known as FOE. And over the last few weeks on the show, we've been looking at the Yes to Renewables campaign and how it differentiates and intersects with the Sustainable Cities campaign. And we've heard from the Yes to Renewables campaigners about the great news from Melbourne's tram network soon to be powered by renewables and the further call to action for Premier Daniel Andrews to go one step further and power our trains with renewables as well. Uh, so the Sustainable Cities campaign is calling for more tram, trams, but for some listeners sitting in, tra- in traffic today, you might not have any other choice but to drive, and there may be many intersecting reasons for that. Um, so if you're feeling a little guilty or frustrated about this issue, you're more than likely not the only one. Um, so with us in the studio this morning will be uh, Moreland Councillor Sue Bolton, um, and uh, she's just come uh, back from flying um, for her transport campaign and so um, we'll just give her a bit more time to arrive in the studio so we'll be back in a moment after a song It may have been Camelot for Jack and Jacqueline But on the Che Guevara Highway Filling up with gasoline Fidel Castro's brother spies A rich lady who's crying Over the luxury's disappointment So he walks over and he's trying To sympathise with her But he thinks that he should warn her That the third world is just around the corner Uh, welcome back. Um, so you're listening to Dirt Radio. Uh, we've got a change of plan just to allow Sue Bolton, who's going to be with us, to talk about uh, renewable um, oh, transport issues in Melbourne. Um, she's stuck in traffic, ironically, so um, we'll come back to Sue in a moment. But until then, um, next up, uh, we've got another um, guest on the line this time, Liz Downs. Uh, hi, Liz. Are you there on the phone with us? Uh, yep. Yep. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, great. Thanks for joining us on the phone. Um, so Liz is a uh, rainforest campaigner. She's recently returned from Ecuador 
as a campaign correspondent from the Rainforest Information Centre, um, which is basically the parent um, uh, organisation of the Mel- Melbourne Rainforest Action Group. Liz, can you tell us a bit more about your work and um, the background, your background and, and why you went to Ecuador recently? Yep, okay. So um, I started going to Ecuador in 2013 doing sort of community development volunteer work and did an internship and a few other things. Um, And I kind of fell in love with the country Um, and it became really apparent that Ecuador's a pretty amazing place in terms of mega biodiversity. It's the Mm. most biodiverse country in the world by hectare. Um, It's got a lot of Indigenous cultures, about 40% Indigenous population who have a diversity of languages. Um, But also it's sort of a typical Latin American country in that it has a history of political and economic instability. And it's tried to resolve this by bringing in some massive mega industries like petroleum and mining to pay off its international debts. So... Mm -hmm. Um, it's also very threatened in terms of that biodiversity and Indigenous cultures. They've had a lot of problems. Um, so last year when I was there doing my internship, I visited this amazing place called Los Cedros, which is a biodiverse cloud forest in the Western Andes. Mm-hmm. And um, the I learned that it was under a mining concession for gold and copper. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, and I was already doing some work for the Rainforest Information Centre at that time. It's an Australian organisation. And we discovered that a lot of other protected forests, over 40 other protected forests, plus um, a large amount of Indigenous territory, had recently been sold to international mining companies, 70% of which are Australian. Oh, (laughs) I didn't see that. Um, What kind of, which which Australian companies? So um, the main one is Soul Gold or Newcrest. Um, Mm -hmm. They own about 67% of the Australian shares, but BHP is um, currently having a bit of a tussle with Soul Gold and sort of buying shares off them. So they're kind of rising in that. And then we also have Gina Reinhardt, Mm -hmm. um, Hancock Prospecting, who's getting in there. And another one called Fortescue. So there's four Australian companies at the moment in Ecuador okay. who have concessions and are starting explorations. Right. So how is it that they can have concession concessions on in so-called protected areas? Yeah. So this is the kind of tricky thing. They, um, the outgoing president, um, basically, you know, was you know, sold quite a lot of land and there were some political, you know, sort of things going on where that land was not necessarily... The the people who lived on that land did not necessarily know in most cases that the land was being sold. So the international companies, um, they're quite hungry for copper at Mm -hmm. the moment particularly to make things like electric vehicles and Mm -hmm. other, you know, to move into that area. So um, those concessions were snapped up very quickly. Right, and we have yeah, basically people now on the ground going, "What? We weren't consulted. What's happened?" You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and mostly indigenous communities. Is that correct? Um, some indigenous, mostly from one tribe, the Shuar, but yeah. um, mainly at the moment, it's people who are um, 
Yeah, they've been there, you know, they're, they're farming communities, very poor communities, and living in the sort of higher regions of the Andes where these areas that are going to be mined are sources of their drinking water. Mm-hmm. So we've got, yeah, we've got that okay. going on. Yeah, and um, well, what kind of resistance did you see to the mining developments? Yeah, um, so the resistance has been quite interesting. There's been a coalition called Caminantes that um, is a coalition of over 30 Indigenous environmental groups and mm-hmm. they've been quite active organising resistance in different communities. Um, I went to... It's kind of interesting because I spent half my time actually in the Amazon region where the Indigenous communities there have been resisting oil for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of, you know, now started to stitch mining into their kind of, you know, cause of, you know, we really don't want any extraction in our territories, thank you. So they've been doing a few marches this year, you know, marching, you know, 200 kilometres from the Amazon to Quito, the capital city, to mm-hmm. protest outside. You know, there's a lot of political stuff. But the... One of the areas I went to is called the Intag Valley, and that's a um, traditionally I had some mining problems, um, some human rights problems around mining, and they are the area that's mostly affected by BHP now. Mm-hmm. There's a big BHP concession that covers that area. So we saw a mobilisation. There was um, a water and communities forum where a lot of farmers came and were just like, you know, what's going to happen to our water? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few groups that are, you know, starting to print resources. And this is where um, the Melbourne Rainforest Action Group is actually at the moment. We've been mostly providing information on Australian companies for them to start, you know, making into resources, videos and, you know, flyers and mm-hmm. um, calls to action over there. So, yeah. 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 Great. Um, well, we don't have a huge more amount of time, and I'll I'll go come Talk back to uh, <laughs> no. It's great. Um, it's really really interesting, and and there's um, ways that people can get involved. There's actually an action happening right right now this morning, isn't there, at the International Mining Resources Conference um, plenary, titled "Global Mining Principles That Contribute to Sustainable Development." Um, can you tell us a bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, as far as I know, they've been. Um outside the IMARC at the Crowd and Casino for most of the morning. Um, and, yeah, this is sort of raising awareness to the fact that um, sustainable development and mining don't in, on this scale in mm. these areas don't go together very mm. well. So. Yeah, because Latin America is seen as the sort of the new Wild West, so to speak, for mining companies, isn't it? Yeah, and there's been a few disasters that have happened. There was a disaster in Brazil in 2015 where nearly uh, 19 people died and, wow. you know, toxic, like mega, mega gallons of toxic sludge were spilt into the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> um, so, there, you know, there's, there's actually, what I should mention is that there's a Latin American solidarity group that's um, basically organised the action alongside the Melbourne Rainforest Group. Yep. Um, yes, yeah, so they've got that. And then tomorrow they're having a Halloween zombie shuffle. So if anyone feels like dressing up as a zombie um, and shuffling down to the Crown Casino and disrupting the dinner <laughs> of the IMARC um, CEOs and, and, you know, people in suits, it's, that's kind of a... Yep. That's 
happening at 6.30 tomorrow at, um, on South Bank. Yeah, and so and people can find out more about that on how, – how do people find out more? We can put the we can put a link uh, up on the Dirt Radio website. So that that would be good. Yeah, the Facebook pages would probably be the best. Yeah. So probably um, if you just do a awesome. search for Zombie Shuffle, um, mm-hmm. I hear there's uh, what toxic sludge martinis being served and um, and uh, coal on silver platters. Is that is that right? Is that what's on offer to the executives? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, sounds pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like um, a, a fun bit of creative resistance, which should have a, a pretty interesting big um, impact with um, hopefully there's a bit of media attention that comes from it as well. Um, so, look, thanks, Liz. Thanks for um, spending the time on the phone with us. Um, we'll be back right after this uh, cons- uh, community service announcement and um, we'll, we'll be able to hear from Sue. All right, thanks very much, Liz. See you later. Okay, Bye. <laughs> We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white, grey and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at slash shop or order by phoning you know you want nine eight three double seven. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org. Ah, we're back. This is uh, you're listening to Dirt Radio, and um, we've just been uh, we've just heard from Liz Downs, who's a rainforest action campaigner in Melbourne. So she was just talking about upcoming um, actions at the IMARC, the International Mining and Resources Conference, that's happening right now with lots of mining executives in town. Um, we're going to turn now to sustainable transport and sustainable cities. Um, thanks, Sue, for coming into the studio. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. And I've also got um, my co-host here too, who I didn't introduce earlier, Jack. Good morning. Thanks, Jack. You're here as a new member of the Dirt Radio team, so exciting to have you on board this morning too. Exciting to get my hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so Sue, you've been um, out really uh, busy this morning doing a whole bunch of flyering. What, what have you been up to? So uh, we've been flyering every morning uh, since last week, uh, early on uh, every train station on the upfield line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the upfield line goes from the city up to the um, suburb of Upfield, which is where the old Ford Broadmeadows factory is. It goes mm-hmm. through Coburg, Brunswick, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're campaigning for more trains on the Upfield line, mm. in particular to get the end of the line duplicated. At the moment, it's only a single track, which means trains can't pass each other, mm-hmm. which means that even when Metro Tunnel is built, uh, there won't be any more trains on the upfield line because of this single track at the end of the line. Right. Okay. So that's probably that's posing um, a problem for lots of commuters. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, it's really terrible, especially for people in the north, because um, it's only three trains an hour basically, right. even at peak hour. And then a lot of trains terminate early at Coburg so that they can get back on train. Our wonderful privatised, for-profit um, public transport system, mm-hmm. which leaves everyone north of the train line, mm-hmm. north of Bell Street, mm-hmm. and especially everyone who lives north of where the tram line ends, 
totally stranded. Mm. So people can wait 40 minutes or an hour for a mm. train at peak hour. Oh dear. Now, that's not just an inconvenience. You can be sacked from your job. You can uh, miss the job interview when you're unemployed. You can miss the spe- specialist appointment you've mm. been waiting for or your exam or mm. whatever. It can have terrible consequences. It's really stressful, isn't it, if you've ever missed a, a train or um, for an, an important appointment. It's, um, yeah, it can be very stressful for people. Um, why are you so passionate about um, the need for more tram, uh, trans, trains? Sorry. Well, it's probably several-pronged. It's mm. both, you know, this is a basic human right. Um, Mm -hmm. In a society that's as wealthy as ours, we should be able to provide public transport for everyone. And in fact, a lot of our public transport was probably better in the 50s before they started ripping it out to force people to buy cars. Working class people mostly didn't own cars in those days and they Mm -hmm. had to force people to buy cars by ripping Mm -hmm. out public transport infrastructure. Um, We... And, and so that's probably key thing, um, human human right. Mm. Um, but also our cities are choking. If we can provide an alternative so that not as many people have to drive cars, mm. then we can massively relieve traffic congestion mm. so that part of our campaign is also to extend the upfill line to Craigieburn and then on to Wallen mm-hmm. because Craigieburn has grown something like 300% over the last couple of years. Wallen is growing massively and we want a new station, a station at Campbellfield. People in Campbellfield can only watch a train pass through their suburb but they're not allowed to get on it because mm. there's no station. There was until the 50s and then they ripped it out. So we, And then also there's a climate issue as mm. well yep. um, where we really need to um, decrease emissions rapidly. Yep, yep. And probably just one other little thing, if I could add, um, is I think the best way of reducing car usage is rather than just lecturing people to use an alternative transport, I think you need to provide the alternative Mm. and then promote that heavily, which would also mean cutting transport fares because public transport is very expensive if you're unemployed or on a youth allowance or minimum wage Mm. it's really expensive so you need to do all of these things in order to um, reduce you know access barriers to uh, yeah nighttime trains being frequent yeah because you um you mentioned when we were speaking on the phone um last week that um the um, council sort of using more of a, a stick rather than a carrot approach. That was one of the, the issues you mentioned. Yeah, so I, that's what my feeling is on Morland Council. So Morland Council's got a position which is all very good on paper of wanting to get what they call in the jargon mode shift of getting people out of cars into public transport and mm-hmm. cycling and being pedestrians, etc. Problem and, and my, most of that is through their control of parking by making it more difficult to park, etc. But the problem is the reality of a lot of people's lives is that they can't uh, can't access where their jobs or where they need to go by public transport. Mm. Um, so maybe today you might have a nice job at Melbourne Uni or in the city that you can catch public transport to or cycle to then tomorrow you're retrenched and you've got a part-time job at Lilydale and another part-time job in Broadmeadows. Mm. Or, 
you know, that's the realities of lives now. People yeah. are having to marry more than one part-time job. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain things happening in society that are driving the increased use of cars. And another one is the... Um, guilt tripping of parents to send their kids to private schools or selective public schools many suburbs away Mm -hmm. which also that's a driver of car usage as well Mm. so rather than people sending their kids to local school so they're all of these sort of factors that are driving the um, more car usage yeah we spoke about the casualization of the workforce Mm. being being one of those as well yeah Yeah. should should i jump uh, to talk about the um the rally that's coming up on Saturday the 3rd of November. So if people are sick of train cancellations and if we're sick of overcrowding on our, on our trains, um, this is a move to duplicate the upfield train track that you spoke about. Mm. So would you like to tell us very briefly about the upcoming rally on the 3rd of November? Yes, I would. So a new transport alliance has been formed called Upfield Transport Alliance because I found out from asking questions on council that it's 15 years before they plan to do anything um, to duplicate the tracks. So that's really not good enough. Um, We really need this duplicated now, um, like ASAP. Mm -hmm. So we've formed a coalition of groups from Broadmeadows, Faulkner, Coburg, Brunswick, because we figure if we have an alliance of groups up and down the line, so inner and outer suburbs, so we all know each other's issues on the on the train, that we'll be able to um, win this campaign. So our first action will happen this coming Saturday uh, at 11am at Upfield Train Station. Mm-hmm. Then we'll march to Fordgate Shopping Centre for our final speakers. There'll be a... Um, model train provided by Friends of the Earth, um, which I gather small children can climb in, etc. If you, so if you've got kids, bring them along. Mm. Um, this will be the first action. Um, and we're also organising a protest train to Upfield uh, so people can meet um, at Jewel Station, Coburg Station and Faulkner Station and jump in the first carriage of the particular train. I didn't bring the leaflet with me, so uh, but I think it's 1038 train. Um But we really need this first action to be a success, to give people confidence that we can achieve this. But then next year we'll organise actions all down the line because we want to win this. So it's not a pre-election stunt. This is an ongoing campaign. Mm. We need as many groups to get on board as possible so we can make it a community issue that politicians can't ignore. Yeah. Excellent. So, so that was next Saturday, the 3rd of November at 11am at Jewel sta- Jewel's uh, train station. Upfield, upfield, excuse upfield, me, train, upfield station. train station. End of the line. End yeah. of the line. But join the protest train uh, to Upfield if you live in the southern parts. Yeah, Beautiful. great. Thanks, Sue. That's all we've got time for today. Um, we've pushed it right up until the end pretty much. So um, we'll put all of that information up on the Dirt Radio website at dirtradio.org.